Welcome back for our latest episode on the Fahey Files on what works in the New York Capitol or not. I'm Assemblywoman Pat Fahey, and this is a part of our new series in 2020, and that is connecting and connectivity in these times of chaos. Uh, it is so important, and all of us have been challenged more than ever this year, and I have an amazing guest uh, with us today to talk about these critical issues of connectivity at the macro level, uh, let alone at the micro level. And that is Havadan Rodriguez, the president of University at Albany here in Albany. He was appointed in June 2017. And uh, my guess is he has not had a boring moment since then, uh, but he has been a leader in higher education for 25 years from his roots in Puerto Rico uh, to his many years in Texas leading multiple universities there. Uh, so we are so grateful to have him here in Albany. Uh, I, I mentioned we could spend the entire podcast time talking about his resume because he is so accomplished, but we're gonna get right in to this issue of connectivity and how he is reaching out and staying connected to these to the students uh, over 17,500 students at University at Albany it is a gem in this region and students are some of the individuals who have had the most uh, uh, difficult time during covid uh, and they have felt have been on the front lines of upheaval in their lives so let's start on the macro uh, and talk about, we know how creative you are, talk about some of the things that the university has done. Uh, I, I could do your shout out for Thanksgiving when you and Rosie, your wife, personally delivered dinners to your international students. Kudos right there. It's a perfect example of making sure your students stayed connected. But, but tell us more. And again, welcome Havadan Rodriguez. Thank you so much, Pat. It's great to be on the show. Thank you uh, for the invitation. Uh, greetings to your audience. And I love the name, the Fahey Files. I mean, I think it's fantastic. Uh, and it's great, great, great to be here and to uh, connect with you as well. You know, and talking about connection and connectivity, Thank you for your amazing uh, leadership here uh, in the region. Uh, thank you for all that you do and the great work that you've done in order to support our communities in higher education and beyond. And so thank you so very much for, for being here and for doing this podcast that really reaches out uh, to our thank communities, you. provides information, and just engages the community in a whole variety uh, of issues. You know, it's been... Um, an interesting nine months to say the least, if yes. I could put it that way. You know, back on March 13th, you know, this is one of those days that forever will be ingrained in your memory, right? When yes. we decided as a consequence of one case of COVID-19 that we would go uh, remote as most or all institutions of higher education did uh, throughout the country. And uh, throughout this process, you know, we've had an amazing team. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything that we do and anything that we do, uh, its success is the result of the leadership team that, that we have here. So many people are working day in and day out on the issues related to COVID-19, trying to keep our community healthy and safe, monitoring uh, the spread of COVID-19, trying to contain the spread of COVID-19, but at the end of the day, also trying to provide a high quality uh, education to our students, right, which is critically important and serving the needs of our students. 
at the end of the day, first and foremost, student success is what the university is all about. So everything that we do, COVID-related or not, is focused on, on the success of our students. So back in March, uh, back in mid-March, we had to transition uh, to a fully remote uh, education. And we did this in a matter of a week. I mean, think about how amazing uh, that that is. And, yes. you know, we, we got a team together. We had over 200 faculty, staff, and students coming together to focus on the development of a plan uh, to deal with COVID and focus in the fall. We have a very uh, robust plan which had to go through a SUNY and state review. Uh, and allow us to prepare uh, for the fall semester. And we started the fall semester. One of the great things that we managed to do was establish uh, through our RNA Institute and the School of Public Health is our surveillance system here for COVID-19. So uh, saliva tests are done among our students, faculty, staff, and students. Uh, to date, we've conducted since September 1, uh, close to 37,000 saliva test. Amazing. Uh, when you think about this, that six months ago, we didn't even know that we would be doing this. And yes. now we have one of the greatest surveillance testing systems, I would say, uh, in the state, thanks to our RNA Institute and, and the School of Public Health. It has allowed us to monitor uh, COVID-19. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we, we had to go on pause because we noticed there was a spike in COVID uh, in, in, in our uh, campus community. Uh, we told our students that were on campus, about 3,500 students. We need your saliva tests. I sent an email Thursday evening. We need them tomorrow. We had collected 3,500 saliva tests on Friday and throughout the weekend, the RNA Institute and the public, uh, School of Public Health did all the analysis. We saw a spike. We didn't reach that magic number of 100, but we wanted to be proactive and really focus on the health and safety well-being of the campus community. And we decided to, to go on pause entirely as a university following the mandates by suiting and, and the state of New York, right? So we've been, that's how we've been dealing with this type of situation. Which, which is nothing short of remarkable how you had to pivot essentially overnight. But you mentioned the well-being of your students. And obviously your first and foremost objective has been to keep them healthy so that they can continue to succeed in school. But a huge part of that healthiness is not just preventing COVID from spreading, it is that well-being that you mentioned. Again, you delivered food on Thanksgiving that you and your wife, Rosie, amazing Rosie, cooked to, to make those international students feel connected. How in this time of isolation where we're seeing mental health problems off the charts, talk about this, this other level of connectivity to make sure your students um, our, our, their, their well-being, their, their mental health is, um, is staying, that you're protecting that as much as you're protecting their safety. And, and I know how creative you've been, so I want you to share that with us uh, and, and we'll get to the personal level too. But tell us, tell us on the macro level what we've done to make sure students stay connected. So mental health is a, is a critical component for institutions of higher education. Actually, uh, pre-COVID, if you do surveys among uh, university presidents, it always fell, um, uh, fell uh, among the top uh, five issues that university presidents uh, have concerns about in terms of the mental health of students. What COVID did was it raised that issue to the number one issue uh, and concern among university presidents among a recent uh, national survey done. And by the way, uh, number three, the 
issue number three was the mental health of faculty and staff, right? And so wow. this is a critically uh, important issue for us that we we've, have amazing uh, staff here that have been tackling uh, this issue, trying to keep in touch even remotely uh, with our students. We've done extensive wellness checks, that is having our students and faculty and staff volunteer uh, to call students, hey, how are you? How are things going? Doing these types of things are critically important. Providing a whole series of our workshops, online workshops, to make sure that we're monitoring uh, the wellness of our students. Really having conversations with faculty, because if you think about this in terms of the front line, faculty are the front line. You know, you have students, and right now it's kind of it's more difficult to gauge how connected students are because we're all remote. But nevertheless, you know, faculty member knows if his or her students are showing up uh, to their Zoom sessions, if they they're doing their assignments, et cetera. So we were working with faculty and actually just had a great conversation yesterday with the University Senate about how we continue to do this much more systematically. Because yes, trying to make sure that our you know, mental health counselors and advisors, our Middle Earth, which is a student organization group that reaches out uh, to students, right? And we're now providing this ser uh, service, not only for UAlbany, but across uh, SUNY, uh, it's, it's critically important. And so we all need to come together because you know we're living in a very different world right both collectively uh and personally and you talked about the personal right uh in a, in a couple of weeks i'll be celebrating my we will be celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary uh rosie and i and so we're very Terrific. happy about that and yet you know this thanksgiving was the only thanksgiving in our married life that we spent only Rosie and I, right? Our kids are uh, in different places. No one uh, traveled. And, you know, we had our own uh, individual uh, celebration. Uh, we yes. tried to make that a greater celebration by, as you said, you know, cooking a, a, a great dinner for some of our international students, uh, some of which were celebrating or were in the United States for the first time during Thanksgiving, let alone a pandemic, right? Yes. So. You know, it's just a way to tell students we appreciate you being here, particularly now, you know, the national discourse, uh, as you know, on international issues, right, and where students fall within all that crises, national crisis that we're having. It's important for us to say, regardless of, of the pandemic, that we value you. We welcome you. You Albany supports you, and you know here's the president and his uh, his wife. In this case, in point, you know, delivering meals to to our students, and you know we did this because we truly care about our students, and uh, and it also helps our emotional and personal well being. So there's also a personal element embedded to to what we do as well. I I love. Uh, that you took that sometimes uh, the more we give, the more we get back. So you took what probably would be a, a, a first um, in terms of having to be alone with uh, you and your wife missing your three children and, and turned it around and made sure others felt better. I, I loved it. Uh, huge kudos to you. Thank you. Again, you, you are responsible for the macro well-being back on this macro issue the well-being of the 17,000 plus students, let alone all the faculty and staff, yet the fact that you brought it down to the micro level and hand-delivered a, a number of those dinners on Thanksgiving Day, I, I can't say enough. It's those types of gestures that I think are helping all of us cope through this, this pandemic. The vaccine is out. It's expected to start next week. 
by 2021, we do expect some return to normalcy. What are some of the lessons learned here? Because I think some of the trauma uh, individually and, and collectively for institutions will, may, will remain for some time. What are some of the lessons learned in terms of that connectivity and the, the creativity that, that University at Albany has used to reach those students? What do you see remaining and what do you see building upon, uh, again, focused on this, this well-being of the students? So, uh, Pat, you're absolutely right. I mean, the impacts of COVID-19 are multi-dimensional, right? From, from the personal uh, individual to the collective, to what happens at UAlbany, to what happens in the city of Albany, the capital region, the state, and beyond, right? So, so many, many impacts from the issues as we've discussed to, uh, to personal health, right? And we've seen, right, uh, students that have been dramatically impacted by COVID-19 and have lost family members, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For example, you know, we know, and we're leading, as you, you know, a, a study for the governor's office in terms of the disproportionate impacts of COVID-19 on communities uh, of color. Yes. And we've assembled uh, 37 researchers uh, who are focusing on this critical issue from all the schools and colleges, so ver a very interdisciplinary approach. And that sort of uh, relates to the fact that UAlbany is one of the most diverse uh, research one institutions in the country. A third of our students are underrepresented, are low income, a third first generation, 40% underrepresented minority groups. And so in that extent, you Albany, because of our population group, has also been disproportionately impacted uh, by COVID-19. So we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot as a community in terms of things that we've done very well, things that we need to improve. Uh, you know, we these types of uh, podcasts, right? probably are a consequence of, yes. uh, of the situation we're living in. A great outcome. And I hope that these don't go away. We're doing a lot of things remote that we will continue to do remote because uh, they've worked incredibly well uh, for our communities. But the great thing about this is how faculty, staff, and students, the leadership has come together despite the difficulties uh, to deal with these issues. And so we're planning uh, for the spring semester as we speak. We're starting about 10 days later, February 1. This will give a little bit more time, right? Uh, for to see yes. how the pandemic goes and the vaccines uh, and things of that nature. Uh, spring semester will look a lot like the fall semester in terms that about 30% of our courses will be uh, in, uh, in person, right? And these are small classes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, given all that institutions of higher education have done and the enormous amount of resources that we have spent on COVID-19, on testing, on cleaning, on technology, things of that nature, campus communities are really one of the safest places to be when you talk about COVID-19, right? So, you know, I'm on campus, I walk through campus, I see students, I see faculty, I see staff. I feel very safe in the UAlbany community given everything that we've done, right? As long as you wear your mask, you're physically distant, right? You avoid large gatherings. We can do a lot to uh, to prevent uh, the spread of, of COVID-19. So we're planning for the spring, building on the lessons learned uh, from these past, past, I should say, nine months. And we're also looking into the fall semester of 2021, assuming that, you know, by the summer, a large majority of the, you know, uh, U.S. population will be uh, vaccinated. Uh, we we end anticipate that the fall of 2021 will be a quote unquote typical, although we don't want anything to be typical, but will be similar to our previous fall semesters. 
That, that's, that's great. And, uh, and you're right, you have to plan ahead. Uh, I appreciate that you mentioned how, um, uh, how fascinating and diverse that University at Albany is. And I have to say one of the first ways I connected using my favorite word um, of 2020, it, the first way I connected to you without you knowing it is when I first read your bio. You yourself are first generation college. Uh, I am as well. And uh, you also got started through a community college. I too would not have had access to higher education had it not been a community college uh, that was affordable and physically accessible for me. So you from, I think the moment you hit the ground here in 2017, well before we ever even heard the word COVID, you already were laying the groundwork for connecting with students, especially students who are traditionally uh, from um, traditional underrepresented populations, as well as first generation students. Tell us about how the groundwork you laid, I love that you even walk the campus, that you're a physical presence, even under COVID, uh, how the groundwork you laid with making sure students feel connected and a part of this and welcome, how has that benefited during this time of COVID? The, some of the, some of the, the uh, the work that you began uh, after coming here? Uh, because I know I've, I've seen your presence repeatedly in the community and at countless different events, uh, whether it's a high school event or a community event or, or what have you. So I, I felt you began that work long beforehand. Talk to us about how you made sure all felt connected and that the, it was a, a home, uh, University of Albany could be a home for your students. You know, and, and that's that's a critical point because we want to develop as a as an institution of higher education. We want to develop a, a campus climate where everyone uh, feels welcome and everybody is welcome. You know, not that doesn't mean we don't have our issues. That doesn't mean we don't have our challenges. We do, right? And we try to deal with them uh, on a regular basis. But trying to have our institution, right, be part of the community. And I mean that in the greatest sense of all, right? We, we have to contribute wherever we can. We have to be embedded in the community. We have to be an anchor institution. We have to build uh, those partnerships. That's critical uh, for the success of our institution, for the success of our students, and for the success of our community. And working with our students, many of which, like I said before, first generation, low income, uh, underrepresented minority students, many of them, you know, this is the first time they come uh, to a university setting. We, we try to put things in place that allow students to understand who we are and that we value them and that we care for them. And that's why when we started developing our strategic plan, right, uh, the first core priority was student success, right? We want to make sure that everybody feels that no matter what we do, I mean, no matter if you're mowing the grass, no matter if you're, in, 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 you know, uh, vacuuming uh, the carpets, no matter if you're in the classroom or you're providing financial aid, that your first and paramount responsibility is to ensure the success of our students. And so that is what we've been focusing on and trying to build that community as president. I think that I have a, a major responsibility in people knowing who I am, knowing my background, knowing what we want to do. But at the end of the day, it comes back to how I started or how we started this uh, podcast. It's about teamwork. It's about having people in your team that are committed 
uh, to the values, the principles of this institution, and especially now our strategic plan and our core priorities, which drive everything that we do, even in the middle of COVID. Actually, I would say that the development of that strategic plan and our priorities put us in a really good position to deal with issues such as COVID uh, as a community, notwithstanding all the challenges that we've confronted. That, that is terrific. And again, I, 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 one of the things I've also noticed is no matter, it, we've all had our challenges, right? Especially the last few years and funding is always a challenge, especially in higher ed, but you have such a positive attitude and that has helped. I wanna talk a little bit about the micro level now again. You mentioned walking the campus even during COVID to make sure you are physically present. Uh, one of my favorite lines under COVID uh, is that the safest place to be is outdoors. So talk about what you've had to do. I know I had to pick up running when the gyms were closed, even though we advocated to get them and we ultimately advocated enough to get them back open. But, uh, but I had to pick up running again and, and I've started to walk a lot more. You've made sure your presence outside on the campus. Talk a little more about uh, how you get your students outside uh, again, so that they're not just behind screens all the time. Uh, so, so tell us a little more about how you have personally navigated this, uh, uh, this emotional roller coaster, and uh, yet stayed connected to family and students and been a role model for them. I think it's important for us all to to connect uh, with our communities. And, you know, I can't be uh, a president or we can't have leaders uh, in an ivory tower that really don't know and don't comprehend what's happening around us. So for me, uh, going to to the campus center and again, uh, because we've developed so many uh, guidelines and policies and signs and signage and things of that nature, everybody is physically distanced, everybody's wearing masks, but having the opportunity to to stop uh, while a student is having lunch and connect with that student, asking them how they're feeling, asking them how their classes are going, right? It's, it's, it's good for them uh, because they know that the university cares. It's good for me because I get to uh, learn about what's happening among our students. And, you know, this is nowhere near close to a typical university experience for our students, right? And so I think they need to learn and, uh, that the university cares, that we interact with them, that they, that they see the president, right? that the president or our university leaders are not hiding someplace, uh, not going out. Uh, you know, we, we take all the necessary precautions to maintain our campus safe and healthy, but we can also uh, interact. And so we like to refer to physical distancing, not social distancing, right? Because we all need to socially uh, interact, but maintain the physical uh, physical distancing. So I think, you know, that's also part of, uh, from the macro to our students, to personal. That, that helps me uh, as an individual, right? Personally and emotionally, and in terms of my mental uh, health, uh, to have these conversations and engage uh, with these different groups because it allows us to see what's happening across our communities here in, in, uh, at the university and across the capital region as well. Uh, yes, and I, I really admire your outreach because some of this, some that, uh, that one minute encounter with a student in the student center can really make the difference on that student's day because sometimes we still need to, we may not be able to touch another, but we're touching them uh, emotionally. And, exactly. and that uh, breaking, breaking this isolation is just so critical. Again, that's part of why we titled, titled this connectivity uh, in this, this time of chaos. Again, I am speaking with uh, the president of University at Albany, 
uh, Havadan Rodriguez, uh, who has just been um, exemplary in his work and building and strengthening the institution. Um, I, I, I think you have really helped to exemplify this. You've also met the challenges. Tell us a little bit more. You've had to stay connected uh, again, back on that macro level. You've, it's not just the university. You have to work within the SUNY uh, administration, as well as because you're here in Albany, you had to open up uh, a testing site practically overnight uh, early on in COVID. So you've also worked within state government here uh, to, to pivot and, and handle, um, uh, uh, respond to the, the COVID needs. Tell us about that connectivity to other local leaders, leaders to state government and more and, and how important that has become to make sure the university is, is doing its part in the community. And I think that that's critically important, right? We One of our other core priorities is community engagement. Uh, and so it's, it's great to talk about it, but it's even better to show how the university is doing this and engaging uh, in these types of initiatives. So having uh, the COVID-19 uh, testing site here, which is still here, right? It's been here yes. for a very long time and it's a very busy place. We also had a testing site for uh, uh, COVID antibodies as well that has uh, moved on. But I think this is how we serve uh, the community at large, right? How we say we as a campus community care, we need to be engaged with our local constituent groups, we need to provide a service to our communities and say, this is the University at Albany, this is who we are. And we do this because we care because we value it because it's who we are as part of an institution of higher education. And again, we have to work against those models of institutions of higher education as ivory towers to institutions of higher education as anchor uh, institutions and also working collaboratively, right? Across the other uh, universities and colleges uh, across uh, the capital region. Uh, UAlbany, for example, took the lead in establishing uh, the capital region higher education uh, council and now university presidents across the capital region, we meet on a regular basis to talk about how can we collaborate? How can we work together to enhance higher education here in the capital region and beyond? And working with our elected officials such as yourself, reaching out, not, not only, only asking you, uh, you know, we need help in this regard, but saying, uh, Pat, how can we as an institution of higher education do our job better? How can we serve our, our communities in a much more effective and efficient way? How can we work with state government uh, to enhance what they do, right? And so our work on the research on the disproportionate uh, impacts of COVID-19 uh, is critically important with us. Our work, our leadership work in uh, working with the governor's office and responding to the impacts of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico and with SUNY and CUNY as well, is also critically important. So there's many things that we can do, we should do, and we must do. It's a moral imperative as I see it. A moral imperative is wonderful because even if we all have the vaccine tomorrow, and we hope it's going to be in the next few months that we will all have access to that vaccine, we have a lot of healing to do regardless from this trauma. I love that you've said um, you are an anchor, not an ivory tower. And that is, it, it's, it's uh, your vision, your mindset is, uh, it, it shows every day in some of the work you do. Uh, the other C word I love is the collaboration uh, because there are a number of higher education institutions right here in our region, the capital region of New York, 
uh, that are struggling more. So the fact that you are collaborating really makes a difference. You really exemplify what it means to show connectivity. Uh, uh, you were doing it before COVID. And I think that's why you've helped to only elevate that and accelerate that more under COVID. I wanna thank you again. I'm Assemblywoman Pat Fahey for the latest episode of the Fahey Files on connectivity in times of chaos. Uh, thank you, President Havadon Rodriguez for the, from the University at Albany. Uh, what a tremendous um, leader you have truly become right here in our capital region. Uh, I, I think you've given us a lot to think about today. Thank you, Pat. And, and again, it's truly, truly an honor to be in this podcast uh, with you. And, and again, I just want to highlight that, you know, some of the success stories we, we have had as an institution of higher education has been to the support of people such as yourself, our other elected officials, our community members, our friends, people who support this university and allow us to move forward. And I hope that as we continue to navigate through COVID and a whole variety of other issues, we continue to work collectively and collaboratively because that is the only way that we're able to move forward, not only as a university community, but as the city of Albany and the capital region and beyond. So once again, thank you. And thank you to your audience as well. Brilliant. And another C word collectively. I lo love it and love all you do. Thank you again. It's such an honor to have you today and to work with you. Thank you, Pat. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye now.